Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is, oh, we're not doing the date anymore. Today's episode 81. We're going to talk about perceptions. So we're going to talk about quotes, books, podcasts, uh, the difference between perception and belief, uh, and even the idea of perception as it relates to success. So, uh, and we've also, again, got our, our good friend of the show on, Kenny Wallace. Kenny, thanks for coming back on a second time. Thank you. I'm, I'm more comfortable now. Good. How many good. starts? You look Nine, like you're a little more open 900 now. and how many starts? 905 NASCAR starts. And uh, you're yeah. our first yeah, professional we actually, athlete. So actually, Brad, you fucked up. Like, you didn't give any background into like, Kenny. It was just like, fuck. Kenny well, Wallace. And guys, uh, that's why I said that we were going to give more background this time. It's called the cliffhanger. So Who am I, with, Brad? Kenny yeah, Wallace <laughs> is... Kenny Give Wallace is the second famous racing family in St. Louis, followed right behind me. Right behind me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, the famous uh, Russ Wallace, uh, your brother Rusty, your brother Mike, and yourself all race NASCAR. Um, Kenny now moved back to St. Louis. All your daughters live back here now? All three of them? No. Uh, the youngest one loves North Carolina and just wanted to stay there. But Brooke and Brandy uh, live back here. So have you guys raced against each other? No, no. but I'm a big uh, Brad Loyette fan. Do you, Extreme, do you he, did, he did drive my car. Oh, oh I yeah. did. That's yeah. right. At the, the Chili Bowl. Tried. Tried. Do you have one of his shirts? No, I don't. I'd love one. One time, didn't you go to like a McDonald's and somebody was wearing a Brad Loyette shirt? Yeah. And he goes, oh, that's me. And he goes, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a weird situation. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about perception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good segue. Yeah, that's a great segue. So the the idea of perception, pretty broad, right? So let's uh, let's start it off with any quotes that you guys have on what perception is. I'll go first. Okay. Um, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. Mm. Mm, very good. Mm. I like that, and I agree with that. That that actually kind of coincides with mine. Mar which, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. Great stoic. Did you know that? I'm very stoic. You're, you're very, yeah. uh, that actually coincides with mine a little bit. There is no truth, only perception. And that is the great Dr. Phil that I pulled off a, a Google image. But um, pretty fitting, pretty uh, pretty on par with what you were, your quote was, Dan. I don't know why this question just came to me. Steve Harvey or Dr. Phil on a fight? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Steve Harvey, one hundred percent. You think hey, Dr. Phil's been hit? <laughs> Sal talks. I feel like hey, they're what I need to. Like, they're like the same size, but anyways. I'd say Steve Harvey. Yeah, he's yeah, be. yeah. <laughs> okay, Brad, what do you got? Um, so what I have is "Miracles Are a Shift in Perception" by Kenneth Wapnick. Uh, I thought it was interesting because usually, you know, if something crazy does happen, uh, like a miracle, you'd realize that. It is possible. It could be a reality. It's not always what you think. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, you know, and I'm a, like I said, the for mine, the, there is no truth, only perception. I mean, that's exactly what it is. They say truth is in the eye of the beholder. Um, everything to, like us two could be looking at one thing and looking at the exact same thing and have a completely different view of it in any area of life. So it's, a, it's an interesting topic for sure. Do you guys have any books, podcasts, anything that you would... I don't, but before we move on, I have to talk because what you just said was like the like when two people are like looking at the same thing and they perceive it as something different. This is like something trippy I've always thought about. And it's like, am I living in a simulation where like what I fucking see and what is happening 
Is it even fucking real? Like, do you even see anything? Are yeah. you seeing what I, I see? Are I we doing about, the same thing? What's I think about movie? living in a simulation We're, all the time. I, I really do. But it's like, it's weird because have you heard like the main character? Like, you know, you're, you have this, all this shit going on. And then in everybody's life, they have the main characters. And they're like, it's fucking crazy to think about. And I haven't done enough research to really d- to figure out if it is or not. But it is interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but maybe we save the uh, or we live in a simulation for the 420 episode when we're high as fuck. <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure, for sure. On but 420. I, yeah. Oh yeah. But I will say, right hey, now. you're more than welcome. We're, we're what is the date? I've never smoked dope. Four twenty. Well, one it's time. Made me tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on April 20th. What is the date right now? It's next Wednesday is when it is. It's well, there we go. Yeah, it's next Wednesday, so we'll we'll be in studio. Oh, fuck, but, I'm not gonna be here. What? Uh, I'm on vacation. Fake uh, vacation. Oh. Yeah. With who? Going to Mexico with the whole family. Uh, Guys, I'm actually really fucking pissed about that. Damn. Cop out. And you know I'm fun high. Well. That would be funny seeing you. Not as fun as me. Smoke a joint because you're so mature. <laughs> but, but I do want to go back to that. Like, I think it's interesting to think about, like, what is the psychology? Like, we're born into an environment and then we start to develop beliefs. But, like, you can be born into an environment and believe opposite of what your parents believe, and then you can, or you can believe what they believe. Yep. So it's really interesting the psychology behind it. And I'd be fascinated with doing more research that I haven't. Done. So that being said, uh, the book I was going to recommend is Mindset by Carol Dweck, uh, and the big concept of that is there's people that have growth mindset and people that have a fixed mindset. Growth mindset says like whatever the fuck's out there, like I can achieve, I can do, like I have the ability to change or become this. Fixed mindset said basically whatever I was born into, money, talent, athleticism, genetics, it's like, that's everything. Like, that's the way it is. And there's no changing that. Um, so like you said, it's like, you could have two people with the exact same situation, handed the exact same situation in life. And you see that all the time, mm-hmm. like little to no nothing when they're in their upbringing. One person's going to sit there and just say, this is how it is. We don't have money. We're broke. And one person's going to say, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I literally talked Love about this that. yesterday. So- there's a, it's like a, it's not a real story. It's probably happened, but basically twins are born. Their dad's an alcoholic, right? One of them ends up being like a speaker against alcoholism and doing all these things. The other one ends up as an alcoholic. It like basically exact same situation, exact same upbringing, but they ended up in two different paths. So like, what is it that, you know what I mean? In the brain that like, so wait, did you say what they, like the, the punchline or not the punchline, whatever it was no, to it? I, I, I mean, basically, like, they they ended up in the exact same environment yeah. growing up, and one ended up going this way, and the other one went the other way. Yeah, and so I think we talked about that in, like, way back in uh, uh, Next Core, right? So one ended up alcoholic, one ended up not alcoholic. Right. When they asked, they're like, why did you end up an alcoholic? And he's like, because my dad was an alcoholic. Dad, yeah. Well, why didn't you end up an alcoholic? Because my dad was an alcoholic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they saw the same thing and just different outcomes. Yeah. Which is re- weird, just like, what part, like, do you choose this way or that way? You know what I mean? Like, there's something in everybody. And how much does luck is different. play into it, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's uh, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? Roger I'm, Penske has a great quote. One of the... United States wealthiest man, you know, owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What is it? Uh, luck is when uh, it meets preparation. You need to be prepared. To capitalize. When, yeah, when something goes your way, if you're not ready, you can't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos actually said something along those lines where, you know, a lot of people chase 
the wave, right? There, like as soon as crypto is hot, people are chasing that, you know. But then the people that actually do have the luck were the people that were in crypto before crypto was a thing. They were in, like, for me, um, like my business was heavily reliant at one time on the mortgage industry, and I had been doing it for four or five years before interest rates went down to fucking two percent, and and I was prepared at that time to take full advantage of that market. But then there were so many other recruiting firms at the time that were just like, oh, fuck, money's there. And they were chasing it and they just could not keep up because they didn't know what the fuck was going on. So, um, so that was, you know, technically I got lucky, but I had to do the work to fucking make but, the money. And do well, it. that's the thing though, right? You were lucky, but you were prepared to capitalize on that. And to what you were talking about, um, the, the, like, if you're ready for it, right? Like perception is like, if you look at like the idea of perception of money, and we talk about this a lot, like somebody wins the lottery, right? If somebody's good at managing their finances and they win the lottery, they're probably going to do a lot of good things with that. If somebody's perception of money is there's not enough, I'm always broke, and they win the lottery, what percentage of people end up broke after they end up winning the lottery, right? Yeah. 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 And then I th I also think like the whole, you know, my thing, I go to Florida, see yachts, and I say, hey, if that motherfucker can get a yacht, why can't I get a yacht, right? But I think that there's people that have this perception of, well, that guy either got lucky or inherited something, or I'll never be able to do that. And I think that's a perception as well. Like, I won't be able to do that. You know, that's for somebody, somebody that's like on a completely different level. And they just basically limit their mental self at that point. Mm -hmm. They say, I can't do that. Yeah. Now, Brad, you had a really good question on here um, in this outline, which are, which I think will be an interesting one for everybody. It's, do you have any perceptions that have drastically changed over time? Like a perception on something and maybe how it's changed. No, Brad, I really I, am I, the only one that fucking prepared for this. <laughs> no, that's a, that is a great question. I'm thinking. Wait, right say, away. It again. say it again. No, so so, so I, I was so, actually trying to. So what notes. I think I mean by that is I think a lot of times people perceive things as like oh well, like like a, a very similar to what you said like oh well I'm not very smart so I can't be smarter oh I don't read books or I don't know how to run a business um, and I think what happens is it almost turns into a habit where people tell themselves the same thing over and over and over again and it becomes a reality um, so I think there's people like us like everybody in this room I think is like what I would could call like a, a like a one percenter you know like we're the people that are doing the things that 99% of the other people aren't um, so we challenge all those perceived notions of you're not able to do something I think when that happened, like when I got hurt and I didn't know what the fuck was happening in my world, I was probably in like a an, an odd spot where what was yeah what was your first perception? When yeah, that my happened? first perception is I'm fucked and like yeah. life sucks, and it lasted like that for like like where I was almost like it, the habit was almost built that I was just gonna live a shitty life um, until you met I me you and I invited you to a book I called club. you probably two times to say, hey, buddy, here for you. Okay, goodbye. Like fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a yeah. weird time for me, you know. So I think uh, that was a that was a situation where I that I did break through that wall where I decided like, okay, life's not gonna suck. I can do something with it. And now I feel like I'm honestly right now. I feel like I'm in the best spot of my entire life, and that's with like the thing that I love doing the most was gone now. Yeah. Like, but now I've replaced it with something else. I think that you know one thing is. Okay, what are some items you have a perception on? So I think you can have a perception on, you know, you get your entry-level job and you see a VP or you're a freshman in high school and you see a senior and you have this perception of like, oh, they're this person. And then all of a sudden you get to that level and you're like, oh, they're just fucking normal people. So that's a perception that changes over time just through experience and through being there, Big right? Big time, yep. 
So, uh, I don't know if you're going to jump into it or not, but the, the, the one that's really been fucking with me a lot lately is the perception of time. So, I'm 34 years old. I've been out of high school now for 16 fucking years, mm-hmm. okay? I have, I have kids, okay? So, I'm like, my daughter's five. She's going to be starting kindergarten. Like, when you were in school, your, your thought was like, oh, I can't wait to be in high school. I can't wait to drive, right? Dude, it's been so fucking long since I've like had that thrill of like being able to drive. And it's like the last 16 years of being out of school versus the first 16 years of being able to drive a car has fucking flown by. And like, I don't know if there's like a stage, maybe Kenny can talk on it to where it starts to kind of go back the other way where life starts to feel slow. Like, is it when I have a like my grandkids, is life going to feel like slow where I'm seeing like this process start again for the first time because like now i feel like what i'm seeing now i watched my parents do okay so, so i've already seen years that. old i can answer every bit of that the biggest thing i learned i always say biggest thing we all learn i'll show you the biggest thing yeah i heard that <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're, they, they, you're gonna learn you, you, hey you're gonna it, show it, from your smart, phone because i know you're as smart as we all Zoom. try to be we still go back to beavis and butt it that's what she said because <laughs> it's funny yeah. anyway here this is what i have learned i will be 59 years old august 23rd be careful young man do not live life and fast forward do not say i can't wait till this saturday it, Hump day, Wednesday, that's all fine when you're young. What I have learned is this. About a month ago, I mean, this is a true story to 100%. I'm sleeping. And all of a sudden, I woke up and I, I accidentally woke myself up because I don't know if you guys do it, but I dream like a son of a bitch. And, I, and I'm 58. And in my mind, as I'm sleeping, I'm going 58, 68, 78. And my eyes open. I went, fuck, I got 20 years left to live. Because in my mind, you know, once you start hitting 80, they're going to pull the cord, right? (laughs) So my advice about time is this. There's not enough. There's not enough time, especially when you love life like we do. I I think we all do. I love life because I'm excited to get up and drink coffee. I'm excited. Where where am I going to eat lunch? What am I going to do? Be careful, young man. Don't live life in fast forward. Be careful. Say, man, I can't wait to go to the Blues game. <laughs> yes, you can wait. Wait and, and walk slowly into the arena. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Be careful because so, that shit will fly by. Kenny, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Like, so I told, like, I told you, Brett, I was like, I kind of like this topic. I don't know what about the question about time got me thinking, but I've been thinking about death like a lot lately. Oh, yeah. Like, Big time. Me too. And I don't know really what, like at first it was like my death. And then I was just like, you know, cause time's kind of flying by. Like yeah. we, like we talked about. Mortality. And then it was like the death of family members and realizing like those people are going to die. And um, like I was talking and like, this could be considered like an early midlife or like an existential crisis, which existential crisis is just like basically like questioning or challenging like what your purpose, what meaning to life is, all this other stuff. And so it's, it's a good thing because I'm realizing that I want to fucking enjoy every bit of life. And what Kenny was saying is like, I'm realizing I don't want any bit of my life to be like, to not enjoy, yeah. right? So it's like, love doing the shit that I do. It's like, people look at like some of our schedules and they're like, how the fuck do you guys do all this, right? Like five kids, fucking travel to fucking race car shit. It's like podcast, mastermind group, this, that. Like, 
like, you know, stay in shape, whatever. It's like, you need to take a break. And I've heard that. And it's like, now I am at a point where there's like, I have something going on just about every fucking night, but like, I love everything that I fucking do. Yeah. Right. So, um, I don't know how that really like related to death, but like thinking about that, it's like time. It was like, a, it was like a motivator for it you. It was right? a motivator. Yeah. Right. Because we're 34. Like, and like, because you were a professional athlete, right? And, yeah. you, and you raced all that time. For a living. And there was a first time you got, you know, your first NASCAR race, which right. I'm sure was a huge fucking deal. Right. And then the last one and all that time in between and like your perception of time. Like when you're going through it, do you even realize like, hey, one day this will be over? And then it hit, did it hit late or like, you know what I mean? Like, what did that look like for you? I have lived a lot of valuable lessons. You know, when I, when I was a kid, I knew I was going to be the greatest race car driver ever live. And then when you realize, you know, you're not Tom Brady and you're not Brett Hall, you know, it's a crushing blow, you know, because men are gladiators. And these are things that, you know, I would never say when I was 20 years old, because when I was 20, I was going to fucking rule the world. It's the most crushing blow when you realize when you, you come to age and you go, oh, fuck, I'm not as good as those guys that I really thought it was. And then that's, that's when I really matured up. And, and you know, I, I hate to say this, but I, that's when I started saving my money because I thought I was going to be so good that I was always just having money. But I really believe it was a valuable lesson for, lesson for me because um, I think I've always been good with money. I really do. Uh, but I really said, oh, no, I'm not going to be making 30 million a year. I better start saving my money and doing the best I can with it. And I also, you know, same subject, but these are things that I dealt with. You know, people get smart ass and they go, preach. I'm like, look, bitch, I'm not preaching. I'm telling you what I went through. Right. You know what I mean? Rusty, my brother, Rusty Wallace, who's great, very self-centered, but a great athlete. He always said, Herman, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. You know, I saw great athletes get injured, you know, save for a rainy day. Uh, but, the, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Uh, but I went through all these ebbs and flows. You know, your question, you know, my life has truly been a journey. And part of me hopes you guys never go what, what I went through. You know, Brad went through a crushing blow where he knew he was going to be Steve Kinzer, <laughs> one of the greatest of all time. And now he's not because he got injured. And, and me, I don't even have an excuse. I'm just not talented enough. Although, I, I mean, yeah, I did good. And I'm a good race car driver. But I thought I was going to be great. And I got hurt. I had a positional vertigo. I've cracked ribs. I've been, you know, and I did a podcast with Dale Jr. And he said, why'd you move back to St. Louis? I said, because I fucking can't stand Charlotte, North Carolina. Because it reminds me of my failures. I, you know, and I don't mind facing my failures. But that's life. And the older I get, the more wiser I get. You know, you you, you got to go through all those peaks and valleys. Brad don't know, but he's better off now because he's so fucking smart and he's got those machines rolling. He's going to make way more money than he ever did yeah. driving a dumbass. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So I know that take. when, I know we had a uh, joke teed up for Matt when he came in. And did he tee you up to say all this shit too? <laughs> to say I'm smart at least 10 times. <laughs> you know times. what it is? You know what? You know I'm overbearing because in my heart, I'm a good person and I know what he went through and I never, he works one mile from my shop and we don't ever do any goddamn thing together. 
because our eight, there's a big generation gap. That motherfucker made fun of me because we were staying in Tulsa and we roomed together. And I call, even though I had my cell phone, I called down to the front desk because I was afraid my phone might fuck up because I knew we had to get up early. Next day, he went ahead and laid it on me. He goes, man, you're an old motherfucker. You called down to get a wake-up wake call. Wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm afraid. Well, that one golfer fucked his phone up. Yeah. And he missed his tea time. I've done that, actually. I've done it. And, and so that's that generation gap. Yeah. We're literally one mile from each other. I know what he went through. And I've reached out to him, but he don't give a fuck. Because he's too quiet. You know what I mean? Him fucking quiet? Well, he's, he's witty. He's a quiet witty. Yeah. He's like this. You're a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I'm like, you're a fucking dickhead. Brad's like, you suck dick. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> and that's Brad. <laughs> I do, Witty as fuck. I do want to touch on one thing Kenny said, one thing you said, Matt. <clears throat> so, uh, Kenny was talking about like the reality of like, he said he wasn't good enough. <clears throat> and it kind of made me start to think of like, when does that happen? Like, all these people who are professional athletes who, you know, in high school, these people are the best fucking football player at their high school, bar none. They go to college. They're the best fucking player in college. They go to the pros, and it's like, boom. I'm no longer the best fucking person here. And, like, they've had people, which is this is where the perception part comes in, literally tell them, you're the fucking best person ever. Next level. You're the best fucking person ever. And then, boom. It fucking hits like a brick wall of like, eh, I'm not You're the not. best person ever. Yeah, and that's got to be that's got to be a crushing blow. Um, and I'm I just I'm I wonder how many athletes across all sports deal with that. And I feel like that could be like like a whole the far majority. I yeah, got, yeah. And I kind of want a couple on that, right? Because I think that there's some athletes that were great, but then once they made it, they just fucking took it easy because they signed a thirty million dollar contract, or you know what I mean. But then also the perception of the other athletes you're competing against, like if it was fucking Jeff Gordon or whoever, where it's like, do you have a perception of he's better than me? And and you know what I mean? At so I, w- I went through that in my life. That, w- that was when I literally was free and real with myself. See, when I first started racing NASCAR, I, I, only, thought, I only thought somebody was better than me because I had something. And then all of a sudden, I'm a realist. This new, you know, word that I've learned, critical thinker. I became a critical thinker. Meaning, quit being a dumbass. Everything's right there in front of you. You know, now, I will say this. There were great race car drivers that got hurt, and they put me in their cars, and I hauled ass. And it saved my career many times. You know, it's like the football player that plays for the losing team forever. You know, defense, offense guy. And then he goes, play Matt for the Stafford, buck. right? And wins. Yeah, Stafford. Yeah. I mean, that shit will happen. And Bill Elliott taught me. He said he's an old country guy from Dawsonville, Georgia. And he said something that I still use today. He goes, Herman's my nickname. He said, Herman, life's all about timing and circumstances. If you don't get in the right circumstances, you will never show your talent. Yeah. So the only thing that did save my career is when these guys that were great, that had the really good rides when they got hurt, Steve Park got hurt. I got in a Pennzoil car. First fucking thing I did was set quick time at Rockingham and lead the whole race. Got fucked on a pit stop, run second. Saved my career. And then one more. Dale Earnhardt Sr. taught me this. 
this uh, one of the greatest racers of all time. Good friend of mine. Very lucky. He's dead now. He got killed in the wreck. But he won a race. And I said, holy shit, you smoked him in my old, you know, Jefferson County redneck way. And he, he said, Herman, when you get a good horse, ride the fuck out of it. Yeah. So sometimes we are too hard on ourselves. And, you know, Jeff Gordon told me right to my face. He says, you're better than you know. You just never had a good break. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to be rough on myself, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, and you know, you got to balance that shit. And you go, well, it never did happen for me, you know? So, and then something I want to touch on real quick before we got to close out is you were talking about death, Matt. And death fucks with my brain a lot too. <laughs> but it's to the point where I've accepted that I'm going to die. Like, I'm not scared of dying myself, but I'm scared of the time I'm going to be missing out with like my parents, with people that their their time's a lot shorter than mine. I feel like I still have a lot of life to live. But right. I look at it like we're in our we're in our we're in the middle portion of our life right now. And like I see my dad and like I've always been like, man, that motherfucker doesn't slow down. But now I'm starting to see the slowdown happen. And I'm like, I'm like, I need to spend as much time with him as I can. At like peak times, so it's like how you said, like you're thinking about like your family and them dying, and like how do you approach that? I think about that all the time, and it scares the fuck out of me. You're a good of yeah. losing my dad. Yeah, well, you're that's good son. but that's the thing. It's, a, that it's probably a good way to close out. That's a shift in perception, right? We live so long and going, you know, I can't wait to get here. I can't wait to get here. I can't wait to get here. And one time you stop, you're like, okay, like I don't want this to end. Like yeah. I want to, I want to savor every every minute of it. So. Uh, so yeah, that's a good way to end it. We appreciate you guys turning tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook. If you like the podcast, obviously give us a share uh, and subscribe. Yeah, that's thanks it. for coming thanks on. Thanks for coming on, Kenny. Kenny, Man, thanks so much. Been wonderful. Thanks for the therapy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't ever get to hang around people like you. We're like minded, and you some bitches are smart. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> My hang around's dumb. You're welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> yeah. And we do have a, a monthly event. You're more than welcome to come to and check out anytime. Bros in business. Yeah. Frozen TM. business. I like that. Yep. All right, guys. Later. See ya.